Well, Logan, we skipped off to a prayer, so you're down here, but you can go back and sit with your wife if you want. It's okay. It's okay. You can do it. It's okay. I know you, I know you didn't want to be sitting there on the front pew the whole service, unless you were going to rededicate your life at the end, and we could do that, okay? Uh, wow. Uh, what, a, what an honor uh, to be here today to, to share the message. Thank you, Nathan. Where'd Nathan go? There he is. He's back in his usual place. And thank you, band. We really appreciate that. They have, they've been uh, rehearsing for several weeks. And needless to say, Nathan and I, we've had a lot of conversations about this service. Because uh, I'll be the first to admit, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable when I'm uh, looking at quarter notes and half notes and, and directing the choir. But, you know, when he, when he asked me to preach, you know, my first thought was, no way, no way. And then... Uh, I, I think probably I've preached maybe four or five times in my life. It's usually been all, always music. But you know, uh, I was honored when he said, our people need to hear from you. Our people need to hear from you. So I do believe God is at work on this corner. Uh, and he's doing something very special in this place, in this season. There's a, there's a w- new wave of God's movement uh, in the church. And it's exciting. I believe God's timing is always perfect. I think God is deepening our faith, and I think he's strengthening our heart. So I'm excited what God is doing on this corner at this time. The scripture passage that I've chosen to read is the basis for this, and we're going to refer to several passages, but um, it's from the book of Deuteronomy, and it's uh, written by Moses. It's given to the people of Israel. It's the final instructions before they enter the promised land. So let's stand together. And we'll read from God's Word, chapter 6, verse 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. You may be seated. Pray with me. God, we pray that you would give us ears to hear your word, give us eyes to see you, and give us a heart that is open to hear your truth. Thank you for the worship we've already experienced through song. Now, Father, we come. As we open your word, we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. During the next five months, we're going to be addressing the five purposes of the church. Last week when Nathan said this, Carol said, did he mean five months or five weeks? It's like, yes, five months, five months. We're going to be taking the five purposes of the church, worship, evangelism, discipleship, fellowship, and ministry, and taking one of those a month, and and take a look at it. It is the purposes of the church. You've seen them all over the building, these triangles. If you look in in our weekly, it's right there above our logo. If you turn it on the back, look on the back, there's several triangles. And if you look there, it has the five purposes of the church, and you can see them there on the bottom, on the back, down at the bottom. Worship, evangelism, discipleship, fellowship, and ministry. So when you see these triangles, 
Don't just see a logo. Don't go, oh, that looks nice. It's not just a logo. It is the purpose. It's why we are doing what we are doing here in the church. And not just this church, but the, uh, all churches. So, as the worship leader here, I implore you, know these five purposes. Memorize them. Pray about them and internalize them. You know, once we begin to understand them, then we will find our place of how we need to connect with those five purposes. So today, the first one, it's worship. Worship, it's deeply personal, but yet it is also what we do corporately as the body of believers. So today what I'm speaking about, it will apply to you as an individual and yet it applies to all of us as the body of Christ, as the body of the church. And not just our church, as we said, but all churches. You know, when I was growing up, we didn't talk a lot about worship. We talked a lot about church. And it was usually in two ways. We called it preaching. It was just simply preaching. And I can remember people saying in Sunday school, are you staying for preaching? Are you staying for preaching? We had, we, I guess we we're going to decide if we weren't going to our grandmother's house, we might stay for preaching. But before that, we referred to it as big church. Big church. Anybody here ever call it big church still? Do you still call it big church? Oh my gosh. Well, it is a big church. It is. It is that. Well, uh, when we think about worship, when we use the term loosely, there's, you know, uh, worship styles, there's traditional worship and liturgical worship, blended worship, contemporary worship, seeker worship, there's early worship, there's kids worship. Uh, you hear talk about worship leader, there's a worship team, there's a worship choir. You know, I've been doing church for a long time and mostly sometimes when we, when we talk about church, it's usually what we like or what we dislike about church. Sometimes I think in our worship, we try to make it and we try to customize it to our own liking. You know, what if someone came up to me and said, you know, today in worship, give me a couple of hymns, cut out the announcements, give me a short sermon, and yeah, you can pray as long as someone else is leading it. Or what if someone else said, you know, I'm kind of in the mood for four praise songs and a worship song, keyboard, no organ, no organ. I'm just not an organ person. And it's too loud anyway. And you can add the drums if you want to, but as long as it's got a good beat and it's fast. Or what if someone said, you know, I have no problem loving God. Sure, I love God. But do I really have to confess my sins? I mean, I believe in God, but I only pray when I need to. I don't understand much about the Bible. Sometimes I think in our own life, we try to customize what we want about God or what we want about the church or what, what we want to think about, about worship. Roll the video. Two Whopper Juniors and four Coca-Cola. And would I have to wait long if you made one Whopper with no pickle and no lettuce? No, sir. Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. Oh, well, in that case, could I have the other Whopper with extra ketchup? Sure. We can serve your 
that's the way to do things. Our way. Have it your way. Have it your way at Well, anything you think is proper, just have it your way. Well, you know, today what we're going to be talking about is much deeper. It's not just an understanding about the church. It's not about style. Nathan's already mentioned that. It's not about what we like or dislike. It's on a much higher level, and it's on uh, a deeper, a deeper plane, I mean a higher plane, a deeper level, when we talk about the personal encounter with the living God. It's not about preference or pretense. It's about his presence. I believe we were all created to worship. I think we all worship something. The essential idea is whatever we value, whatever we love, what we're devoted to, that's what we worship. Friend Shaka says, and it's a friend of Nathan's, and Nathan has shared this with us before. We chase what we love and we resemble what we chase. We chase what we love and we resemble what we chase. So when's the last time you stopped and thought, what do you worship? What or who do you worship? Could be sports, could be job, or money, or power, or fashion, or even ourselves. You know, as we said, all month we're going to be talking about Christian worship. Today, kind of the way I view it, I don't know how Nathan views this, but I view it, I'm going to get us to first base. Nathan's got three more weeks and he's going to clean it up. He'll get us to second base and third base and then he'll, he'll bring us on home by the end of the month so he can clean up whatever we need to. Uh, the English word de- derived from worship, it's, uh, it's in two parts, worth and ship, meaning one worthy of reverence and honor. So in the context of Christian worship, God is the object and the subject of worship. We worship God purely for the sake of worshiping Him. When we try to worship for the sake of certain benefits or for any attention or any limelight to come our way, it ceases to be worship. It ceases to be worship. We have to begin to understand as a people of God, it's about Him. Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Oh, that our soul would long for God and that we would long for Him and Him alone. So we come to the Lord not out of fear or duty, but in love. We love because he first loved us. If we're going to worship God, it starts with love. If you're keeping notes, number one, worship is about God. It's not about us. Number one, worship is about God. It's not about us. As I said earlier, God is the object and the subject of worship. It begins with God, it ends with God, and is it all, it's all about God. The Hebrew term for worship translates into glory. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Nathan's going to preach on that next week. You don't want to miss it. He's going to be talking about Isaiah 
and holy, holy, holy. The Old Testament term, it's called shaha, and it's used to describe worship, which means to bow down. Exodus 4, 31. And the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel, and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. So you're going to begin to see a pattern, a pattern of reverence, of awe, of bowing down before God, coming before him as a holy God. Psalm 29, verse 12. It's a great verse. Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. His holiness. We have to understand it is about his holiness. We find our deepest pleasure and satisfaction when we give God the glory that is due him. I know you've heard this from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Let's look at Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. And I'm not going to read all seven verses, but I'll be reading portions of that. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame will not consume you. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. We need to underline that, who I formed for my glory. God created us for his glory. Now, sometimes I think we think that we were created to be born, go to school, drive a car, graduate, get a job, buy a house, have children, have grandchildren, retire, get on Medicare. <laughs> That's not what we were created for. It's what we do, but it's not what we were created for. So let's please, church, understand our worship must be about God because he is God. There's no one who loves us more than God. There's no one who knows more about us than God. And there's no one who goes the second mile with us like God. Where he is, is where we need to be. Where he is, is where all of us need to be. Well, in case we might have forgotten, it is God that decided when you would be born and it will be God who will determine how long you'll live. 
Our worship can't be about preference or pretense. It's about his presence. Number two, if you're taking notes, the more we worship, the more our hearts will become like him. Begin to think of worship as a way of life. It's a lot more than just what we do on Sunday. The more we worship, the more we will understand who he is and the more we will become like him. I did say it's deeply personal, but yet it's what we do together. So either way, if you're in private and you're pouring out your heart to God, that's worship. If you confess your sins to him, that's worship. When we dwell in the word together, that's worship. When we stand and sing our praises, that's worship, as we, as we did earlier. And some people, I've heard this in the church often, I don't sing. As Nathan said, it's not about whether or not you have a voice. It's do you have a song in your heart? Do you have a song in your heart? So when we, when we rejoice and when we sing joyfully and lift our hearts and hands in adoration to God in thanksgiving, that is worship. You know, worship doesn't come, e come easy for some people. You know, I think there are those who, who always wonder in life why they run into so many dead ends. Why, why do you run into a dead end? Or why does my life feel like I'm swimming upstream all the time? I spend a lot of my life looking for that fulfillment or that contentment. You know, chances are they're spending a lot of time thinking more about themselves and less on the things that have eternal significance. Psalm 86. Key passage in today's, today's sermon. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. I believe that God so desires to, to have a personal relationship with each of us. So it really is a heart issue. A heart issue. The truth is, we all have heart issues. Our hearts are tugged in so many different directions and around every corner we can find distractions that are calling and fighting for our attention. When, uh, when David cries out in this passage in, in Psalm 86, give me an undivided heart, I believe those are five very important words that we all can pray. Give me an undivided heart, a heart that is pointed toward God, a heart that is, that is about his purpose. You know, every day we're going to be faced with those enticements and challenges that will cause us to follow other paths. Nathan led at the opening song today, Come thou fount of every blessing. Oh, to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. What's a fetter? What's a fetter? I think there's oftentimes a lot of things in our hymn book we sing and we go, I don't have any idea what we're singing. A fetter is something that confines us or restrains us. So let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to you. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. We're wired that way. We're inclined to wander and to stray from God. So here's my heart. 
an undivided heart, a pure heart, a clean heart. Take it and seal it. Hold it near to you, O God. Protect it. That's what we're singing about. Seal it for thy courts above. So for this very reason, because we're pulled in all kinds of directions, our worship must continually be renewed. Sometimes in the Christian life, we think, well, I remember worshiping a long time ago, but I'm, I'm pretty satisfied where I am now. But our relationship with the living God should not fade away or wear like an old pair of shoes. It is meant to be new every morning. It must be formed and reformed, shaped and reshaped. And as long as we live in the fallen world where there's hurt and sin and distractions and selfish ambition, we have to continually renew our worship. I think there's a call for us to return to our first love. So the, no, the more we know our Creator, the more we love Him, and the better we understand who we are and what our purpose is in God's plan. Number three, if you're taking notes, when we worship in love, we'll persevere no matter the circumstance. When we worship in love, we'll persevere. We've already talked about Job in worship. Our worship can be tamed by complications and struggles. We can face challenges that will rock our world. It can rock us to the core. And we all face our own giants and we're sometimes unsure how things will pan out. But oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus. Some of you are there now. You're right in the middle of a difficult circumstance. Some of you have been there in the past. Some of you need to get ready because it's coming. It's just around the corner. You know, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is from Acts 16. It's not on the screen. And you know the story. It's about Paul and Silas. You know, they had been arrested beaten, severely flogged, and thrown into the deepest, darkest part of the prison and had their feet uh, fastened in stocks. And somehow, in the midst of being in prison, Paul and Silas found it in themselves to sing out and sing songs of praise to God. It wasn't just in themselves, though. It was the power of God. They were refusing to let their souls be dampened, so they worshiped with everything they had. They were praising God and singing, and the other prisoners heard them. And you know what happened next. The earthquake came, the foundation was shook, all the, all the doors were opened, and all the chains became loose, and the jailer awoke, and he was about to kill himself. And Paul cried out, hey, don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're all here. And the jailer fell down and trembled before Paul and Silas and said, what must I do to be saved? He saw something in their lives that he needed. They were reflecting God's glory even in prison. And you know how the story goes on. They told him to believe in the Lord and you'll be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, not only to him, but to all of his family. And the jailer took him, washed their wounds, and he and his family were all baptized at once. So when the storms come, 
We've got to remember that we can worship even in the midst of a difficult circumstance. The heart of God loves a persevering worshiper who, though overwhelmed by many troubles, is overwhelmed even more by the beauty of God. I think that's on the screen, Andy, is it not? The heart of God loves a persevering worshiper who, though over, overwhelmed by many troubles, is overwhelmed even more by the beauty of God. As we begin to wrap up, I want us to look at another video. Body, dude. <laughs> so, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a lost Brock? Well, not if I know we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, baby. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. That's it, Brock. That's it. Another 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. I said, you keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. And you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. 
God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Can I count on you? Yes. Sometimes when it comes to the church, when it comes to our prayer life, when it comes to worship, we don't give God the best, do we? He sometimes gets the leftovers. But I believe that God wants our best in worship. I think he wants our best in our service to him. I think because worship involves surrender, I think God wants our very best when we surrender to him. Number four, when we worship God in love, we're going to give him our best. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my heart, my soul, my life, my all. My all. I'll close with this passage, Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters and people, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and what is acceptable and what is perfect. There's no higher calling we have than to worship and be obedient to God. Last week, we were challenged to live as resurrection people, to rise above the complications of our everyday life and to live in his might and live in his power. So in all my days at Woodmont, as I said, I've never been more excited and more at peace about what God is doing on this corner. So I believe if we get worship right, then our evangelism will be stronger. Our discipleship will be deeper. Our fellowship will be richer. And our ministries will have a tremendous impact for the kingdom of God. The football player was Brock. I think there's a lot of Brocks in the church today. And I believe that God is calling us to give our very best. Can God count on you? Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for the truth of your word. We've been reminded today there's no higher calling that we have than worshiping you. We understand and know it begins with you and ends with you and is all about you. Accept our worship today for you are the one true and holy God. For yours is the name that is above every name and we will claim that promise one day that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, we ask you to touch our hearts. Help us to be obedient to your call in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to have a time of invitation. If God has spoke and there's something you need a decision you'd like to make, I will be here at the front. Maybe you want to join this church and worship with us here.
I think it's an incredible place. I would highly recommend it. Maybe you want to come and pray at the altar and just pray about where you are in your relationship to God. Maybe it's been a long time since you really thought about worship. Maybe for the first time you want to come to know Christ. I'd be delighted to talk to you about it. Our hymn of invitation, Be Thou My Vision, it's hymn number 71. Let's stand together as Nathan leads us.